What's up, Yankee fans? We are back with another episode of Yankee Crazy Podcast. And on today's show, we've got another treat for you. Another awesome guest coming on the show, Keith from It's the Grit. If you are not following It's the Grit on Instagram and you're a baseball fan, you are missing out. It is so awesome. He shows all these old gritty pictures and it really is amazing. Love it. The way he procures these photographs and gets grit, which is what it's all about. Uh, It's just awesome. You got to go check it out. And Keith told a lot of great stories, a lot of Yankee-related stories, and the origin of It's the Grit. So hope you enjoy this interview as much as we did and look forward to getting Keith back again. Could talk to him for years about baseball and grit. It's awesome. Keith, thanks for joining us. Hey, Greg, how's it going? It is going awesome. I am really stoked to get you on the show. Uh, you know, we were talking a little bit uh, before we started recording about you and your website. This is, uh, well, your, I know you from Instagram mostly, yeah. and it, Keith is the man behind It's the Grit. So if you are on Instagram, go find at It's the Grit. It's so awesome. I love all of the old baseball pictures, especially it seems for me, my like heyday of like growing up and collecting baseball cards of the 70s and 80s. And I don't know where you find all these pictures, but it's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thanks so much. Um, it's, it's a lot of fun and it's, it's fun particularly because other people appreciate it. Uh, that's, that's the fun part. Yeah, I, you know, I, I, I bet because it's, I don't know, it's just something about those eras that you, um, that you get these photographs from. And it's just, it's just really, it's really cool. And especially now when you look back and, you know, you see like the long hair, the, the sideburns <laughs> of these guys, it's like, I don't know, yes. it's, it's like going in a time machine. So I love yeah. it. So, you know, Keith, I, I, everybody who listens to my show know I love origin stories. So I would love to get your origin story. And that can be whether you know, that can be either how you got into baseball, how you started It's the Grit, um, or all of the above. Cool. I, I love it. Um, and thanks again for having me on. This is super cool opportunity. Um, Absolutely. You know, I consider myself a, a baseball fan first, uh, a Cubs fan second, and then maybe a, a Yankees fan second and a half. Um, <laughs> that works. That works for so us. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm certainly a, a transplant living in New York City, but as a, as a baseball fan, it's hard not to get sucked up into everything that is the New York Yankees. Um, it's, it was growing up as a kid in Oklahoma, Yankees were always the team that were a, a little bit untouchable in the, the coolest of ways. And so to, to live in the city now that, that allows me access to that and just to be around the stadium on a game day, like, yeah, uh, it's tough to beat. So it's, it's really, really cool to be here talking Yankees with you today. Um, yeah, so with the grit, um, that really, I guess the, the first port point of the origin story there is uh, my love of baseball growing up as a kid, yeah. um, you know, I grew up in the, the 80s and the 90s and played baseball um, my entire life. It was the, the thing I was the most passionate about. Um, but beyond playing the game, I, I enjoyed studying it. And I loved reading stories of players and how they got to where they were. Um, I loved learning about yeah. them behind the scenes. I was always rifling through any type of, you know, at that point it was print content that could yep, yep. show me, yeah, you know, like show me another look. Like now we have the access to social media and I think we get more um, of a peek behind the curtains than, you know, what uh, yeah. we might have in the 80s and 90s. And Absolutely. Yeah, so that's really where it starts. Um, then, you know, so I, I played baseball through college. Um, I played at a small NAIA okay. school, Oklahoma City University, uh, for my first couple of years. And then 
transferred to Oklahoma State where I walked on. Uh, it was always a, a dream of mine to play baseball at Oklahoma State, which you know was one of the college baseball powerhouses. Yeah, yeah. So I decided to to take that jump and and see how I could do there. Um, unfortunately, I had a, a shoulder surgery that ended my career, but oh man, made me even more glad that I I took that step and kind of fulfilled what was a, a childhood dream. So yeah, that was cool. Wow, that that's um, amazing. What what position did you play? Yeah, I, so I was a catcher. Um, okay. I played a little bit of utility at the time. I uh, yeah. played some outfield, second base, but was a catcher by trade. Yeah, nice. Yeah. Um, so then leading out of um, what was my, my college baseball career, it was like my whole life I had put 110% of my life and my effort and my passion into baseball. And yeah. next thing you know, that's taken away from me. I guess at the time it felt like it. Um, and I, I actually grew a little bit bitter around that and it was painful for me to follow baseball for a a few years after that. Um, it was kind of, uh, something I didn't expect, you know, leaving the game, but I found myself in a position where it was like, Hey, I've, you know, I've thrown my, all of my being at this one thing for my entire life. And so like, now where am I going to put that, that focus? And, and, um, so I was at the time I was in school getting a public relations degree um, because I thought I wanted to work in either sports or entertainment, uh, particularly the music side of things, mm-hmm. because that was the thing I tended to be, I guess, as passionate about as baseball. Right. Um, so I went from baseball to um, managing artists in the music industry, something I kind of just uh, oh wow read a few books and was like, you know what, at the time I, it's funny, I look back and I'm like, maybe I was just naive enough to be like, okay, cool. I'm going to do this. <laughs> um, but that was awesome. It, it actually, uh, led to some cool opportunities. Um, I got to manage a few acts in the oh, very wow. early stages of their career into kind of a transition phase. And that was a lot of fun. Um, that then led me into a, a career in marketing, um, I worked uh, for the Red Bull brand for a little over 10 years across the U.S., um, building that brand from some of the, the early, early days to, to what it is now, which was a blast and also yeah. a good cross-section of my passions between sport and music and culture. Right. Um, so from there, um, I actually, unfortunately, had a really, really serious illness um, during my last year uh, while I was at Red Bull in yeah. 2016. And it was something that forced me to walk away from my job. And I was housebound a lot of the time. Um, so I was you know, kind of in a spot where I had a lot of time on my hands. I was mm-hmm. really frustrated. I had lost a lot of the things I was passionate about. Um, it was kind of a, a rough time for me, uh, mentally, physically, everything. Yeah. And the next summer, so it would have been summer of, well, it was July 2017. Um, mm-hmm. Avon Rodriguez, who was my all-time favorite player growing up as a yeah. catcher, he was the one I idolized and followed and just loved everything about Pudge. Yeah. Um, so it was the year that he, uh, Tim Raines, and Jeff Bagwell were being inducted. And I had, I had made an appointment with myself to watch the speeches that day, the Hall of Fame speeches that day. Um, and as I was listening to the speeches, like one of the things that just really stood out, uh, it was like a common thread amongst everybody was like this, what I now call grit, like what others call grit. Um, yeah. But that was like a real common thread in the speeches of each of these players. And it all looked or sounded different. But at the end of the day, like the thing that stood out was like, man, these guys really persevered through a lot to get where they are. Nobody's standing up there talking about how easy it was or Mm -hmm. um, the simplicity of it all. No, they talked about um, the things that they had to fight for, the people around them that that supported them, the things that they learned about themselves. Um, And that was like, I think that was a message at that point I really needed to hear. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I, it was funny. I, the, the idea came to me literally as I was sitting on the couch watching the, the Hall of Fame speeches. Um, I posted a photo of each of those three players at the time. I was like, okay, what's the, what's the grittiest photo of, of those guys? <laughs> that find? Nice. Um, so that was it. I, I started with those three posts, um, used a couple hashtags, um, 
to see if anybody, you know, seemed to, to care or think it was cool the way I did. Yeah. And yeah. slowly but surely, um, people started engaging with the photos and then telling their own stories and, you know, beginning conversations um, yeah. through the DMs that, like, has become this really cool community that's, um, you know, friends and baseball fans and people who are passionate about all these other things and everybody coming together in one place. And it's just been a, a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. That is really cool. I knew a little bit of that backstory we had touched upon when we were first speaking, but that is really, really awesome. I love that connection, how you, um, you know, all stemmed from, you know, these hall of fame speeches. And it's, it's interesting about the word grit because me and my wife, Susanna talk about grit and how, you know, it's a real important quality in life yes. to have grit and it takes you further than just talent alone. And, you know, I have a, you know, we, we know someone in our community who played for the San Francisco 49ers. And okay. he said to me one time that, you know, he grew up with all these guys and played uh, football in high school and in college. And he said the one thing that he felt he had was, I don't know if he said grit, but it was, it, it was basically the, the meaning behind grit, how he yeah. wanted it more and how there were guys much more talented than him, but he just wanted it. And I yes. think that is what you're talking about, how it ties in with, with grit. And in life, you know, you kind of see it that people who, might be super talented, but don't have that grit to really push and try to go for whatever they want. Uh, yes. Don't make it as much as the person who has grit. So that's awesome. I love yeah. it, Keith. That yeah, is really, really cool story. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think you're exactly right. It's, you know, it's, it tends to be, you know, we're talking about it in the context of a common thread in baseball hall of famers, but I think it cuts across sports and levels. And I think there's uh, more, more to it than, than just like the baseball or the sports side. And it's a very, um, it's a universal thing. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And you know, a lot of your, uh, photographs, uh, that resonate with me on it's the grid is, from the seventies, or at least maybe, maybe seventies, okay, cool. early eighties. Um, it's just, you know, that was a really magical time for me being a Yankee fan and yeah. some of those teams of the, you know, 77, 78, my all time favorite player, Greg Nettles. I uh -huh. feel like he showed a lot of grit on those teams. He was, you know, you look at those seventies Yankees teams and they got into fights and, and nobody, you know, nobody met. They fought, they fought with each other. You know, you had yes. Billy Martin and Reggie Jackson. Then you had, you know, J Reggie Jackson and Thurman Munson and then Nettles and, you know, oh. Pinella and those guys, they, they were gritty players and they, they didn't take anything from anybody. <laughs> so yes, that is what I really love um, seeing. And, you know, we touched upon, uh, you talking about some of Yankee players who you think are really gritty. Are there any players that stand out to you, um, th whether through just seeing pictures or ones you saw play, or even now the current Yankees, who you could say they've got, they've got it's the grit. <laughs> yeah, ab absolutely. Um, it's funny, you know, I, I kind of look at that, and this is kind of the exercise for myself as I'm, you know, finding the photos and, and trying to, to pull together the right ones to, to tell a story, I guess, the, the ultimate goal. Um, yeah. There's some great, like the Yankees have both sides of that coin. They have the gritty photos um, and then also some of the like gritty individuals, uh, which is really cool. There, you know, so I, I grew up, I was born in 81. Um, so the 70s Yankees, was actually like a little bit out of my generation, but yeah, I yeah. did go, so I read the Bronx Zoo uh, when I was yep. probably, I was a teenager at some point. Um, and I read the Bronx Zoo and it like really opened my eyes to a lot of the uh, <laughs> yeah. legendary stories behind the Yankees of that era. Uh, yeah. 
So that, that was really cool. Something, as you, as you mentioned, the 70s uh, Yankees, one of the most, like this one's probably my top 10 favorite images that I've ever posted, but there's a, a photo of Reggie Jackson, um, maybe game six of the 77 World Series. Yeah. Where he's, I believe he's just homered. And it's just a picture of his back with the bat dropping. And it's just oh, like, really? it's like he's just hit the homer. Uh-huh. Um, there's no bat flip, but like you can tell he's just like dropped the bat with authority, right. like a punctuation right. mark and just a, <laughs> a really, really cool photo. Um, obviously, I think he was a, a gritty player himself, but that photo really tells that story. Yeah. Um, yeah. Man, Greg Nettles, you mentioned him. Can't leave him off that list. Thurman Munson, like that guy looked and played oh, pretty. Yeah. Um, you know, Jeter in his own right, like he may not have looked the grittiest, but right. that guy was the biggest gamer that right. played since I've been alive that I yeah. know. Um, Mattingly, like oh, <laughs> that yeah. guy's face might be uh, like the mascot for the grit. <laughs> <laughs> it does. Um, I mean, I would even, you know, I think to people like David Wells, like. Oh, uh, yeah. Yep. He was gritty to me. I mean, funny story about Wells. We, as I was a kid, um, so I grew up in Oklahoma and the, yep. the Rangers were the, the closest team. And so my, like, a lot of my exposure to baseball was, was through the Rangers. Um, it's like a three hour drive and we would go and, and stay in a hotel near the, near the ballpark. And, um, uh huh. So one night we, we ended up, it turns out we were staying in the, the team hotel. So the Yankees oh were staying there. And I was up in the room and my parents called me and they were like, hey, somebody wants to say hi. Oh. I was like, okay. And uh, on the other end of the line was David Wells. Oh my And goodness. he had sat down. So in the lobby of this hotel, there was a, like a, a Pizza Hut Express or something. <laughs> and both my parents and David Wells had ordered pizzas at the same time. Oh my! And goodness. he was like, "Hey, can I can I come sit with you? Or can I sit here? Like there was one shared table. Right. Do like, you mind if right. I sit down?" And my parents had recognized him and kind of struck up a conversation. But he like, oh, wow. He was just really cool with them. Like had a really yeah. great dialogue. He talked to you know talked to me on the phone. He's like, "Well, come down and say hello." So I ran downstairs, said hello, oh, got an autographed picture. Like <laughs> made awesome. my world. You know, like that was the coolest. Thing at that point that had ever happened to me wow so that was a that was kind of a cool unexpected uh encounter with david wells that uh, is that is and like you said he is he definitely could have played in the 70s with his look and <laughs> was yeah. definitely gritty <laughs> yeah man what was he ever yeah um, absolutely um you know, one thing I want to backtrack on, you know, you brought up your health and I don't want to uh, yeah. just glaze over that. Is everything okay? Oh, no. Are you, oh, no, are you all asking. good? And um, yes, it, it, is, it is. Okay. All yes, right. Good. I've, I've recovered. Um, it, uh, I think that there was a lot of silver lining to that illness, strangely enough. Yeah. Um, it, it gave me a lot of perspective. It made me think through, um, you know, how I was living at the time, like it was very much work hard, play hard for <laughs> about mm -hmm. 13 years of my life between um, the music business and then working at Red Bull. Um, yeah. The worlds I was around, you know, you and I kind of talked about that uh, music industry, the, the life that comes with that. Right, um, right. Prior to, to, to going live. And that, that was a big part of it. So there was a lot of silver lining to that for me. And it um, it gave me a fresh perspective. It's actually been really helpful, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm all recovered and, and thanks for asking. Good, good, good. Just had to, just had to get that, make sure it's had. Oh, I appreciate but it. But I, you know, like you talked about with the Oklahoma, uh, link, another yeah. famous Yankee, probably the most famous Yankee from Oklahoma, uh, yes. Mickey Mantle. Was, yes. The commerce comment. Uh, yeah. Uh, oh, was was that a nickname? I don't even know that nickname. Is that well, a place in Oklahoma? It may, it very well, maybe an Oklahoma nickname. Then <laughs> um, that. So yeah, Commerce is the Commerce, Oklahoma is the very, very, very small town that. that oh. Wow. Um, that's so. That's funny. That actually, that's probably a regional nickname then. Um, yeah, was, I, it it might be, or maybe I just never heard of it before. That's that's pretty awesome. <laughs> yeah, the, yeah, the Commerce, Commerce, and that that's kind of the. 
you know, he was such a, a legend as a kid growing up in Oklahoma playing baseball, like to know that one of the greatest players and most heralded players to ever play the game, like came from a small town in a small state, like that yeah. was inspiration. Yeah. Um, and to do it, you know, not only that, do it on the stage of playing for the New York Yankees in New York City, like that was, uh, that was really cool. And it was, it was a big inspiration growing up and was, uh, was kind of like the, the, the beacon of, of light for kids playing baseball in Oklahoma. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, obviously legend Mickey Mantle in, you know, during his playing time nationwide, um, and even I felt like even after he was just such a big part. Yeah. So I'm guessing that in Oklahoma, he was even more revered <laughs> just because yes. of what you said, you know, coming from small town and, you know, the, some of the things I read about him, um, you know, comes just from like a hardworking family and, uh, yeah. really, really, uh, I think, I think his father was a really big baseball fan. Didn't he name him after like Mickey Cochran, some old oh, really? player. I, I, I didn't know. I don't know. We'd have to look that sense. up. But I think his dad was a really, really big baseball fan and, and named him after, um, uh, I can't remember, Mickey Cochran. Did he play for the Tigers maybe? I, anyway. Yeah. Um, oh, that's cool. We'll I, have to look, we'll have to look that up after. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, that's really cool. Um, man, it's funny you mentioned his, you know, the, kind of the family lineage of baseball there are, I think I may have posted one a few years back, but there's a lot of photos from a series. And actually, I think it's more than a series. I think it's like over the years. But one of the things, you know, I look at hundreds of thousands of photos a week trying to kind of curate the arsenal. Um, oh, wow. But Mickey, there are so many great families of Mickey and I believe a brother um, and his father like playing baseball out front mm -hmm. in the yard. Like these are like family photos. but you don't always see those come through with a lot of players. And like with Mickey, that's one thing that like when you were saying that stood out to me is like, I can picture all these photos um, yeah. of him and his dad and his brother, like as very young kids playing ball. They're are really cool. They're very powerful. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it, it is amazing. And, and like you said, that does, it, you know, I've had these uh, like images, I, you know, obviously, um, I never really see, never saw a picture of Mickey Mantle and his father, but I just kind of have this image of them being in, you know, Oklahoma. I've never been to Oklahoma, but I kind of have these <laughs> visions okay. of a small town and, and the two of them like throwing a ball around. So yeah, <laughs> awesome. yes, exactly. love it. Love it. So, you know, like Mickey, uh, like we've touched upon in Oklahoma, you from uh, Oklahoma transplant being in New York and being around the Yankees uh, in terms of being in a city that, you know, for the most part over the past, I don't know, however many years, it has been a Yankee town. And yeah. um, has that been how you, how uh, the Yankees became your two and a half <laughs> team? <laughs> That's funny. I, I probably shouldn't even have done that disservice uh, by saying two and a half, but. That's all um, right. It's, it's hard for, like, it's funny. I choose my team just based on how I grew up, and that's why it's, like, the Cubs from WGN. Like, it was what yeah. I had to watch. It was either the Cubs or the Braves at, at that point. But, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's been amazing living in New York City and, and having exposure to, you know, I would even say, and I'm sure this hurts the ears of your listeners, but even, you know, having both teams, the history of the Mets and the Yankees, but um, – you know, particularly that, yeah. having a, a team like the Yankees, and I guess for me more so the the culture that comes with that. Um, I think there's a lot of winning teams out there that like I don't know if their their culture or history like resonates with me as much, but yeah, just everything like you know one of the things that I've enjoyed so much about living in New York and having access to a team like the Yankees um, is like just how fun it is to go like my wife and I will go frequently to just like, we'll take the train and go to Stan sports bar and yeah. watch the game from the bar, which is like right across yep. across from the stadium. And mm -hmm. it's, there's just an air about the Yankees. Um, yeah. That, you know, just kind of cuts through generations. It cuts through geographies and to be able to be around that, um, that story of the team. And it just, that's, 
that's been a lot of fun. Um, and I, I definitely don't take that for granted. I feel very fortunate to, to be able to do that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, while we were talking about it, uh, while you were talking about that, I started thinking about, you know, the Bronx as in a lot of places is very gritty, you would say. <laughs> and it made me think about how the, you know, it, grant, uh, I will preface it with, I love the new Yankee stadium, but yeah. there's such a grit to the old Yankee stadium. Oh, you know? And it's, you know, obviously the modern technology is fantastic and all the, you know, as they call it, the sight lines are so much better, but <laughs> man, I, I do miss the old Yankee stadium. You know, so many uh, great memories I have of there from like going to a kid to, you know, oh. being there for the 96 playoffs and, and up oh. until they moved to the, to the new stadium. And it's, um, there was grit there and the fans were, I feel like the fans were much more grittier. They had to put in the luxury seats, which kills me that you watch the game <laughs> and you, you know, the biggest part that kills me, not that, not that I, I'm not uh, sitting there, but you l watch a game on TV and it's a playoff yeah. game and those seats are empty down there because yes. they're $1,500 or at, you know, playoffs obviously are much more expensive than that. Yes. But, um, that kind of kills me. So but, sometimes I'm like, bring back the grit of the old stadium and absolutely, make full, like make it a show on TV. Like if I'm a fan in some, you know, somewhere else and I'm watching a playoff game, I'm like, why aren't those seats filled? Meanwhile, you look at like any other ballpark uh, in the playoffs and, you know, first inning, those seats are packed, yes. you know, Yankee stadium. It's like, Oh, maybe by the third inning of a playoff game, those seats are a little more packed. It, it right. Maybe. It right. Me. And then I think that the irony of that is like, you can hear everybody in the bleachers on the audio and you see right. nobody right. visibly yeah. in front of you. And it's, um, I'm with you. That's, that's frustrating for sure. Yeah. Um, I, man, I, I'd love to hear all your stories of, of the old Yankee stadium and some of those games you saw there. That's, um, man, I, I can't imagine. I was, I did get to catch a game. So I made my first ever trip to New York when I was a, I think I was a junior in high school, uh, like mm -hmm. 97, 98. Uh, yeah. Um, and very, very fortunately got to see a game at the old stadium. Oh, nice. Um, and I like at the time, obviously I knew how cool it was, but I don't think I realized that like very soon that that stadium wouldn't exist. Yeah. And, yeah. So now in hindsight, I'm like, man, I'm so glad I got that opportunity to see the older stadium. Um, and I, I, I'm with you. Like it, it does, I think as far as stadiums that tried to rebuild themselves in the same model as they existed before, like, I think they did a really good job. Um, yeah. You know, it, it looks good from the outside, but you're right. It's like, there's this, this character that I think you just can't, um, you, you can't create from yeah. the ground up, especially when that character is there from all the things that happen in that stadium. Um, but that, I think that's why I'm even more glad that they're, you know, the area around the stadium is, is what it is because that to me yeah. still has that, that feel to it. Yeah, true. It definitely, it definitely does have that, that old school feel and, and grit to it. Um, so, you know, you know, as, as I always say on this show, I love stories. I love hearing your story, you know, already the, um, uh, you know, telling the story of David Wells. And I know you got a couple of other stories. Um, one being centered around Jeter's 3000th hit. Uh, <laughs> you also have a Bobby Mercer story who yeah. was Oklahoma. He's an yes. Oklahoma guy too, right? Yes. Um, I would love to hear one of those. Yeah, man, that's that's funny, and that, that's why when you were when you asked if I wanted to do the podcast at first, I was like, man, I I'm a little intimidated, you know. I although I consider myself a, a huge Yankees fan, I definitely don't consider myself to the level of you and some of the other people you've had on the podcast. So I was I was a little <laughs> nervous to be honest. And I was, there's there's some cool. Um, albeit random connections that I have to the team. And yeah. So, uh, so yeah, so, all right, we'll start with Bobby Mercer. Um, so he, yes, Oklahoma guy, um, after he retired, he actually, 
he retired in a suburb of Oklahoma City called Edmond, uh, which okay. is where, where I grew up. Oh. My dad and I were at, so the, the Rangers AAA team, uh, the Oklahoma City 89ers, we used to go to their games a lot when I was a kid, and we were at a game one day, and I was probably, I don't know, probably 10 years old. Um, I don't think I'd ever gotten an autograph from a professional baseball player at that point, let alone like got to interact with one. Yeah. <laughs> I, I still remember this very vividly. I was there with my dad, um, his best friend, and then his son, who was one of my friends. And he, my dad goes, hey, you see that guy down there? And he pointed to this guy. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I see him. He's like, do you know who that is? Nope, I, I don't. Um, he's like, that is Bobby Mercer. And my dad proceeded yeah. to tell me about who Bobby Mercer was. And, yeah. um, and then he was, I had my glove with me, um, which is funny. I, I don't know how I remember this, but it was my first glove uh, as a kid was a Ron Guidry model. So oh, nice. another tie. Yeah. Um, but I, I had my glove on me and my dad was like, you know what? You, you should go down there and ask for his autograph. And so I, I got up the courage to walk down to him. Um, <laughs> So I just, I walked up and I, I said, hi, Mr. Mercer. My dad told me that I should come get your autograph. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah. So no, I, I didn't want it, but my dad told me I should. Uh, <laughs> oh my goodness. That's so that was, uh, I, I actually think that was my first like autograph or first time to interact with a, a baseball player. Yeah. Um, he, he, he gave me a big chuckle and gladly signed the glove and uh, it was a really cool interaction. Um, so that was great. Um, oh, that's funny. Yep. Yeah. Um, oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, um, you know, Bobby Mercer, uh, just made me thinking of uh, talk about a gritty performance. Um, when, if you can, if you've ever seen the highlights of after Thurman Munson passed away and the Yankees traveled to, uh, hit the funeral of Munson yes. and then they came back and they had to play a game like, I think it was oh, that man. night. I think the stories that I, I think they had to play a game that night and um, Bobby Mercer ended up having, I think the game winning hit and a really incredible performance. And it was, you know, it's like one of those legendary things that they show on the yes network uh, highlights. Um, so, right. you know, Bobby Mercer, big time gamer, loved him. And yeah. And such oh, what a terrible time for the team. Yeah. I, I want to go back and do some research on that now. It, yeah, check, check that out because I believe the whole team was at Thurman Munson's funeral in the morning and then they're playing a night game at Yankee that? Stadium. Oh. And, um, you know, you, you know, talk about the emotions and, you know, there's pictures of, there's like video of Bobby Mercer um, having like some big hits and going into the dugout and, you know, guys are like breaking down because um, they're so upset and um, just oh. really, really phenomenal. I always felt bad for Bobby Mercer that he – you know, came up and I think, I believe back in the day, he was touted as the next Mickey Mantle. And oh. he came up and had success, and but not, obviously not the success of, of Mickey Mantle. And then right. they trade him to the, I think he went to the San Francisco Giants. And that's those are the years the Yankees win the series in 77 and 78. And then I think he either got traded or signed and came back in 79. So I always felt bad that Bobby Mercer missed those 77 and 78 world series titles. And he right. did not get a, uh, a world series ring. So I, after I kind of contributing to the momentum that got him there. Right, right, right. So, oh. um, but yeah, Bobby Mercer, Yankee, I, I consider him a Yankee legend. And especially when he yeah. went on to uh, be a broadcaster for them, um, just, you know, he, he just, he, he, you know, some, I feel like on, on some announcers, you can really feel that they're good people. I, I don't know why, yes. um, but I yes. feel definitely in baseball announcing, you know, and he always came across as a really nice guy. And you hear people talk about him, how he was just really, really incredible person. Yeah. So... So the funny, I yep. guess, just to, to even add on to that. So the, the funny end to that story, Bobby ended up going to the church that my parents went to um, in Edmond. Oh. 
while he was, so he was still um, doing some of the, the broadcasting and was involved with the team. And so as a, as a, a young adult, I got to kind of reconnect with him and oh, tell wow. him this story. Oh, <laughs> and, no way. Oh, that's... yeah, we had a good laugh. And he, it, I mean, in the, I definitely by no means knew him well. It was, you know, a couple yeah. of interactions, but yeah. I, I was able to tell him that story. Um, and everything that you just said about who he was, the person, what his character was, it, absolutely seemed the same when I when I was able to interact with him. Yeah. Wow, that's awesome. That is that is really cool. Really um, cool to uh to hear those background stories and and like you said, you know, really uh, f- uh really confirm that he was a, a nice guy. Super yeah. cool. Yeah. So, let's go to another story cuz I don't know this one, but I just <laughs> know you have a story behind Jeter's 3,000th hit. What <laughs> yeah. is that one? Um, so that one, this was terribly frustrating for me, but it's fun to tell. Um, my wife and I came to New York. Uh, we were still living in Oklahoma at the time. It was um, during, let's see, I guess it would have been 20. Well, what year, what year was that that he had his... I believe I'm going to guess. I actually have a kind of a frustrating story about this too. Oh, good. <laughs> That's why I think it was, I'm going to guess it was 2000, uh, 2010, 2000. Okay. Let's, let's go it with was, it. My, my positive. It was the new stadium, which yes, yes. opened in 2009. So I'm, I'm thinking 2010. I think okay. Was, I think that was it. Okay. So, so we came uh, to New York. It was actually my, my wife's first time, and it was, it was actually the point in time we said, you know what, it'd be really cool to live here at some point. Um, but so, okay, we sat in the seat that Jeter's 3,000 hit, um, which was a home run. Yeah. We sat in the seat that that landed in the game before that. <laughs> oh, my and, goodness. I remember watching the highlights of that game and like yelling at my wife, like, come in here, come in here. Like, Derek Jr. just got his 3,000th hit and it landed in the seat that we were sitting in. Like, I don't think it was the night. I think there was a gap between, like, I don't think it was the night before, but it was the game that was played before his 3,000th hit. And it landed literally in the seat. We we had one and two um, on the the row right above. Yeah. I forget the section number, but... Uh, it, I think the guy in two was the one that ended up with the ball. And, oh man, it was. Uh, oh was, man, I say it, it wasn't, but it was. It was. It was kind of a, a fun. Uh, it's a fun story to tell now. That is. That is talking. You know the expression, a uh, day late and a dollar short. You were a day late <laughs> on that one. Oh, yes, man, that's, exactly. That is. That is frustrating because you could have been that guy who. Uh, caught, I remember the guy who caught it, and he he tried to make. Um, he he. I think he just gave Jeter the ball back. I think oh, said, good. I think he had said, "Oh, I didn't want to like hold it ransom and say I want yeah. you know season tickets." Jeter did give him stuff. Um, I can't remember what it was, but there was there was something to that where the guy was just like, "You can have the ball," <laughs> which yeah, is cool. Yeah, it's good. It's it's always yeah. crazy to hear when they hold you. You put it perfectly. Hold it ransom. Like man, that's I know. Um, that's that's strange. I know. I know. Everybody's trying to. Uh, you know, some people just want to try and milk stuff like that for all it's worth. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for for sure. Yeah, my story is not as frustrating as that. Definitely yeah, I want to not. Hear um, but so my wife is a photographer, runs her own business, and okay. um, you know she is a wedding photographer, and I used to second shoot for her, and mm. we. So I knew it was Derek Jeter, uh, possibly going to have his three thousandth hit, and. It was that ha- it happened on a Saturday afternoon, and I had to go shoot a wedding with her, and I couldn't watch the game. <laughs> that was the frustrating part of me. So I'm like, the the groom actually was a Yankee fan, and um, actually the I believe the bride was even a bigger Yankee fan than her husband, and um, I was kind of in charge of getting updates on if he got it, and I was I think I had friends of mine texting me <laughs> what was happening in the game, <laughs> something like that, or I was trying to watch it somehow. But um, yeah, so I did not get to see it, which um, 
you know, as a Yankee fan, it was, it was frustrating, pretty monumental. Obviously I got to watch the highlights, but um, yeah, that's how I found out about his hit shooting a wedding for my wife's business. (laughs) Paying attention to the, to the texts and luckily you're surrounded by Yankees fans who uh, are probably watching as well. (laughs) Yeah. I forget. I think we were trying, you know, it was on the, it was all on the, uh, the, the, the pre-wedding. So the ceremony hadn't happened. So it was downtime here and there. And I'm like trying to figure it out. I'm sure my, I'm sure my wife is probably infuriated uh, (laughs) knowing that I'm like more focused on the Yankees than uh, shooting a wedding for her. But (laughs) oh well. It was a monumental day. Yes. Yes. She knew what she was getting into (laughs) when she married me. Right. (laughs) Oh man. Another Another guy who was a Yankee that you have a connection from uh, was Matt Holiday. Matt Holiday played for did he yeah. play for like a year and a half for the yeah. with the Yankees. I can't even remember, but he had his he had his brief stint with the Yankees. Um, but you've got a you've got a, a high school baseball story with him. <laughs> yes, yeah, that so one. I, yeah, I uh, you, you're right. Matt's Matt's stint with the Yankees was was brief. Um, probably stretching a little bit on this one, but he, uh, so I played against Tice or I played against Matt in high school. Um, Oh really? And the, yeah. And the, the craziest, probably the craziest game as far as like intensity and anticipation that I ever played in was the first round of the high the state, Oklahoma state high school playoffs. Mm -hmm. Um, I guess that would have been 96 or 97. Um, it was Matt's senior year. I was a freshman and a pitcher on our team named Matt Roney uh, had, had just, or no, excuse me, was about to go on to be selected in the first round of the draft by the Rockies. Mm-hmm. Um, he went on to have a career. He pitched for the, the Tigers for a little bit, the A's. Oh, uh, nice. Anyways, he, he was our ace clearly. Um, and in that same class was Matt Holiday. And we faced uh, Matt's team, Stillwater High School in the first round, opening round of the high school playoffs. And so here it was this, um, you know, future first round pitcher and a future first round third baseman uh, squaring off. And uh, it just, I, I will never forget, like, you know, like I said, I was a freshman. I was like a, you know, young kid, like yeah, soaked up in the energy of this thing. And it just, that was a really, really cool moment for me. Um, and then to go on and see like Matt, what Matt did with his career. Yeah, awesome. yeah. Absolutely. Uh, and then uh, you'll be on that. So his, his father was actually Tom Holiday was the coach at Oklahoma State when I walked on there. Oh, um, wow. And Josh was an assistant at the time. Uh, excuse me, at the time. Um, they were both awesome guys, and it was really cool to, to be around them and, and play for them. Yeah, I bet. Wow. Wow. That is, that is a cool connection. I, I am always amazed when I hear of, um, you know, meet somebody or, or – something to that or hear a story of like people playing high school baseball with, with someone who went on to become a pro and, you know, you saying that you had even uh, someone on your team. Uh, That's really good. So when you're playing with someone like that, are they just, do you, is is there just like when you watch them play and you're playing again with them or against them is, is, do you just get the sense like, wow, they are like, so many far levels above everybody else on the team. <laughs> you know? yeah, I mean, yes. At, at that point, I mean, there's, there's plenty of people that have seen well beyond the level that I've seen, but yeah, at that point as a, as a freshman in high school, seeing right, guys yeah. that were going to be in the big yeah. leagues in a matter of a few years. I mean, yes, it was, it was at least to me at that point, it was very clear that those guys were distinguished in talent, in size, in, yeah, yeah. It, it seemed at the time in, in intensity, like, yeah, it was, right. uh, it was, it was pretty clear. And they were both, the other thing I'd say about both those guys, Matt, uh, Matt Roney and Matt Holiday, the guys I, I, I played with Matt and against Matt Holiday, they were both really good guys too. I think there were mm-hmm. a lot of people in those positions that let it get to their head and yeah. Yeah. They were competitors for sure, but they were, uh, they were really good guys. Yeah. That's cool. That is, that is always cool to hear. Um, you know, so let's get into a little bit of your, it's the grit. Um, now I, I know it's the grit from Instagram. Do you have, it's the grit website? 
Yeah, so there, there is a website, uh, thegrit.co, C-O. Um, it is definitely a work in progress. Um, sometimes yeah. it's up, sometimes it's down. Uh, but you're, you're right, Instagram is, is definitely where, um, where the action happens and, and where you know, we've, we've got this community now. Um, it ends up being a, a really good platform since you know, everything is about images and telling stories. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, what we've seen is this really cool community of baseball fans that appreciate a lot of the same things. Like it allows for conversation and interaction and yeah. meeting people. Yeah. And, um, so yeah, the large majority of what we do, uh, is on Instagram. Um, the website, like I said, work in progress, we definitely have some, some plans to get that up and running. Um, you know, really the, when I started it, like, I think at the time, it, you know, it, like I said, it, it tapped into a personal story for me. I also like kind of needed a creative outlet at the time. And so it was a lot of that. Yeah. But another big goal that I had in, in starting the grit um, was using it as a tool at some point um, to give back to the game. Uh, oh, nice. I, you know, I feel like I was really fortunate to learn a lot of life lessons and get a lot of experience through the game of baseball. Um, that I, I, you know, want I, as well as a lot of others out there want, uh, to see people have the same access to that. And unfortunately baseball has become something that has, a, a at least at a competitive level and one that sets you up to compete against people for college scholarships or the attention of a professional scout. Like mm -hmm. uh, there's just a lot of barriers to entry there. And so I, I intend to, and, you know, we started some conversations behind the scenes with a few organizations and, I'm always looking for different ways, but um, I really the, the ultimate goal of the grit um, beyond building a community of baseball fans is is to give uh, back to the game and specifically to those who are giving back to the uh, game at a grassroots level, um, mm -hmm. encouraging kids to play baseball. Awesome! Wow, that is really cool. Very, very. Um, it's it's just nice to hear uh, that there is something behind it to give back. So love that. Really, yeah. really cool. Um, you know, on Instagram, your, uh, you know, what do they call that? Uh, the, the, the little picture, your, not really your logo, yeah. your, your, I don't know. What's that word? I'm trying to, I'm blanking on it, but um, anyway. Like an icon photo? Yeah, 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 yeah. That okay. one is, correct me if I'm wrong, that's Pete Rose. Yes. doing the dive when he was, I think when he was on the Phillies, right? Yes. yes. And that old, I think it, 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 you know, the picture's really small, so that's why I'm, I'm guessing on it, but it's yeah, no, you're spot on picture to me. And I think they're wearing those, um, those old Phillies pinstripe uniforms. I think if I'm remembering the picture correctly. Um, <laughs> yes. And so does that mean Pete Rose is, like the grittiest player of all time. <laughs> <laughs> that it's it's hard to say no to that. Um, <laughs> I, I think that's up yeah. for debate for sure, and that's actually a, a debate um, amongst baseball fans. I'd, I'd love to have in a in a yeah. point, but uh, I, I I think he's in contention in the conversation for sure. Yeah. Um, so it's funny. I actually so the day I started the account. Um, I found the, the photo of, of Tim Raines, Bagwell, Pudge, and then I thought of the name The Grit, because I was like, okay, how does this relate to kind of, you know, what, I, I guess at the time, it was like I was searching for like some grit in my life and needed some inspiration, and yeah. it became yeah. a form of that, but I remember I was like, okay, like what are some of the other like grittiest baseball images I can think of, and immediately yeah. Yeah. that photo of Pete Rose, and then there's another one. I, I don't know actually if it's the same slide or dive just taken from another angle, but there's this legendary photo of Pete head on with a head first dive. And I actually think yeah. that's another photo because if I, my memory serves me right, it seems like the background might be a Wrigley. Um, uh -huh. Point being is this was the first, besides the Timbs, the Bagwell and the Pudge posts, this was the first like gritty baseball image that came to my mind at that point. Yeah. Um, and it just, I, I put it up that day, the, the day that the first three photos went up. And I, I just haven't changed it since. It, yeah. I guess 
seems yeah. to, to tell a story in, in one icon uh, or one photo. Oh, absolutely. Um, man, do I think he's the grittiest? It, he's, he's definitely in contention. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I think you know, one of the reasons I say I like, want to have that debate amongst baseball fans in a forum at some point is like, you know, to me, grit has a lot of different elements. And I think somebody might look at Pete Rose and be like, you know, God, he was the grittiest. And then yeah. somebody might look at a, another player who was um, you know, maybe a bit more reserved, but had like a swagger to him or their yeah. approach yeah. to playing the game was uh, different than you'd ever seen. Like to me, that's gritty too. Like right. it comes in a lot of forms. And so I've, I've been uh, a little reluctant to like, you know, stake a flag in any one player because <laughs> I think the way yeah. I, you know, at least from my point of view, like grit comes in a lot of forms. Um, right. You know, Pete Rose definitely embodying one of those, those forms. Yeah, absolutely. Well, um, you know, maybe, maybe you guys need to have a grid off and have people yeah. vote, <laughs> do like a, an NCAA bracket and get you know, your top 64 gritty players and, and have people vote on it for a, uh, a grit champion. <laughs> I, I love that idea. I, so just the other day, I think, and I, I hope you don't mind if I, if I work with you on this one. Um, no. The other day I was thinking about the Hall of Fame ceremonies being canceled and I was like, man, what, like, could we have some fun with that? Could we, you know, fill that gap and, and do, uh, grittiest players hall of fame voting or yeah. something but i didn't think of the the bracket format like that and then letting letting everybody vote on that that's really cool i actually love that idea yeah that would that would be a lot of fun i know i know i would like that but you know and then maybe you know you can base this on maybe this is another thing that you guys do is you know like you were saying there are a lot of different forms of grit like you say you know, Pete Rose, you look at some of those old 70s and 80s pictures of him and you're like, wow, you just look at him, you're like, that dude's gritty. But then yes. you take a guy like Derek Jeter, who's, you know, more polished with the yes. media and on the field and his upstanding. But you look at Jeter's career yes. and they, all these backstories of him say that he was hurt so many times, but still went out and played. You know, I think the only yes. major injury he had was when, uh, I think it was a separated shoulder. He was diving in. It was like close to like the first month of the season in Toronto. I think it was in Toronto. And he was out for, I don't know, 80 games, something like that. And obviously a major injury. But they say the other times, like he was hurt all the time um, in little ways and where someone else would have went on the DL. Um, oh, sorry, IL. I still call it the DL. Um, yeah, no. That he... Um, still played. He played through pain and showed grit that way where, you know, they, they say a lot of other people would not. So yeah, there's, there is yes. a different grit scale. Definitely. Yes. Definitely. Now, before we wrap up, I want you to talk about one feature, uh, which is your wax pack Wednesdays where you are opening up cards you know, you can, you can go into the details because I've, I've seen it. I don't know what the, the, the complete background. I'd love to know more of the background. I think you're, you're doing it in coordination with another guy on Instagram. But it's yeah. funny because I've seen, you know, this, this, I guess they call it breaks, where these guys open cards like Yankee, ex-Yankee pitcher uh, Phil Hughes now has Phil's yes. polls. I don't know if you've seen that one. No. Um, but he is... Basically, he gets these, these like boxes of cards, whether they're new or sometimes they're maybe like a couple of years old, I think. I, he's got a YouTube channel now and he's got Instagram and he's, you know, he's big on Twitter too. And oh, he just like opens up baseball cards. And it's funny, I think I, it, there's like this whole like breaks culture out there of yes. these guys doing this and filming themselves. And I think I, think I had seen this last year and I actually wanted to film myself uh, going into Target or wherever baseball cards are sold and like filming me actually go in, grab some packs, pay for it, and then go outside and open it up and, and look for, yeah. I would have to look for Yankee cards because as I say on the show, um, I'm, I'm nowadays, I think back in the day, I, I loved all teams and all, not all, uh, like I love all baseball. Now I really consider myself 
a Yankee fan, not a baseball fan, because yeah. Yeah. as I say, I'm not going to be watching um, the Anaheim Angels play the uh, Kansas City Royals in a game in July. Right. <laughs> you know, I, yeah. I just, I know some people are like that. Like some people can watch any baseball game anytime. I am so Yankee centric these days. But anyway, yeah. um, so if I did that breaks, I would um, only be, uh, I would only have, try and go through the packs looking for Yankees and then I could talk a little bit about them. But yeah. tell me what you're doing with your, uh, with your break or whatever you're calling, you're, you're actually calling it Wax Pack Wednesday where you open these up. Yeah, and I've got to give all the, the credit here to uh, Bubba, uh, Bubba on, at Bubba on Baseball, um, or Dugout Classics is, is where you can find him. This yeah. was, this all originated with him. Um, he hit me up one day. So he, he's been doing it on his own for a while um, in search of, I believe it was a Jeter rookie and a Griffey rookie in oh, the, yeah. the upper deck years. Oh. And so Bubba was doing that. Um, you know, he and I had gotten to know each other through Instagram and through this baseball community. Um, and he reached out to me one day and said, hey, do you want to do Wax Pack Wednesday? And <laughs> said, yes, absolutely. Uh, that actually just happened to coincide with, I think that was within the first uh, couple weeks of the, the country being shut down. And mm -hmm. um, nothing sounded more exciting to me than ripping open a, a few <laughs> Search yeah. of cards that I was always on a quest for as a kid. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Bubba sent those packs all the way from Scotland, um, and I, so I, I just, you know, I filmed myself uh, breaking the pack. I, I'm with you. I, I wasn't aware of the, you know, the breaks culture around opening packs, and yeah, uh, until later. And I, I've seen the same thing. I think you're talking about. It's, it's really cool to see. Um, yeah. Growing up as kids in the analog world, collecting like. Your network was your neighbors, um, <laughs> right. the art shop. Like, yep. Uh, and now it's like those people are all brought together in one place, and that's really cool. Um, but yeah, but so Bubba sent me the first couple packs. I opened them up um, and just went through the packs and like either you know found something in the photo that I felt was gritty or you know something interesting. Kind of the, the I guess the yeah. same way I look at the the photos that I post to the Instagram feed. Yeah. Um, and so I just, yeah, I, I took a look at those and kind of told some, whether it was pointing out a photo or even telling a story about something like I, I did today, um, calling out a stat on the back of the cards that I wasn't aware of, like just having some fun with it. And yeah. like, yeah. Um, telling stories around the cards is really what it's about. And that's been a lot of fun. So yeah, it started with Bubba. Um, and then Michael from hungry vintage, uh, I think he saw the the first one I did with Bubba and was like, "Hey, I'm actually." So he had started this project called Flop Russ, uh, a little play on the words Fleer Tops Don Russ. Oh, and he was curating packs of cards that were um, basically no commons. Like he had taken a look through all his cards and like it was either a great player or something interesting about the card. Yeah, and he's packaged these up and it, it's awesome. It's really cool. Oh, gotta um, check that out. So yeah, you should. Um, you can find him on Instagram. The flop Russ is at flop Russ, F L O P R U S S and then hungry vintage. Um, but Michael came to me and said, Hey, look, like I've, you know, I've, I've had these cards for a while. Um, he had been selling a lot of vintage t-shirts through hungry vintage and donating hundred percent of the profits to feeding America oh, nice. and came to me and said, Hey, what if we did a wax pack Wednesday? And, uh, then we sold, the packs online and gave again, hundred percent of the proceeds to feeding America. So awesome concept on his end, um, on both of those, you know, I got to give it up to, to Bubba and Michael. It was all their idea. They're doing, I just, I did the easy part of opening the packs and, and telling the stories. Yeah. Nice. Nice. That is, that is awesome. And, uh, yeah, really, really cool feature. And, uh, you know, as we've talked about now, as I always say on the show, it's the stories. I love the stories. I obviously love the game of baseball, but just a lot of the backstories and what people have, like, look at all these stories you shared about, you know, Yankee related stuff and non Yankee related stuff. It's just, to me, it's really cool. And, uh, that's, that's what I love. But, um, yeah. Thank awesome. You. Keith, 
I, I can't thank you enough. This My was God. really awesome. Um, we're going to have to schedule a part two because I could probably talk to I you uh, for days <clears throat> about I all of this stuff. I want to hear your stories. The grit. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I'll tell you, I'll tell you one really quickly. It's not really yeah. an exact story because it's happened a few times. But, um, well, actually, I could, now that I'm thinking about it, there is an exact story. You know, one of the things about the, that was great about the old stadium and the grit is that, <clears throat> you know, like you went into Yankee Stadium and if you were a fan of another team and you wore a hat or a shirt, you were getting abused. Like you yes. were like, it was like, I don't, I don't condone violence or people being really mean. Um, right. I left that to the people who actually did that, <laughs> you know, but <laughs> I was, I was kind of always, I, I was brought up that way where it was, um, you know, you go into another stadium with uh, like the opposing teams uh, stuff on logos that you're just opening yourself up to getting abused. And I was yes. at a game and, um, you know, obviously where I was sitting as a kid and, you know, even, even, uh, you know, uh, older days, you know, I'm not sitting, as we said, in the luxury boxes, I'm in the bleachers, <laughs> I'm in, uh, you know, different areas. And um, there was this one time where I think the Yankees were playing the A's and, you know, like this is probably like an August game. So not a playoff game or anything. And this this guy comes in wearing an A's t-shirt and an A's hat and he just got abused. And this is, this is the crazy part of it. This guy, some, some guy grabbed the guy's hat and don't ask me how he did it, but he lit the guy's hat on fire. I'm not even even joking with you. I'm not even like making this story up to make it sound better. The hat got lit on fire somehow. I don't know if this guy, this guy, well, he probably snuck in like uh, grain alcohol and had a lighter or something and doused it. I don't know. That's that part's made up, but yeah, they they lit this guy's hat on fire and it was just mayhem. What did the guy do? The guy was like, uh, like I think at that point he was getting like beer soaked on him, and then if I can remember this correctly, I think I think security took the A's fan out. I don't know if it was oh, the A's no. protection or they just were getting him out, like it was an excuse to get him out of the stadium. Um, but yeah, that oh. was that is the old stadium and how it it was like, you know, not like today. Like you go there to Yankee Stadium today, and someone's wearing, um, you know, even you know. Boston, forget about it. Someone's going in there and wearing a Boston jersey and a hat. And it's like, everybody's, you know, not super nice to them probably, but it's nothing like what would have happened in the, in the old stadium. And, you know, back in, you know, talking about like nineties, et cetera, back then it just, it was, it was like, you just, you just knew like I, you know, and I carried that. I went to see, um, Uh I went to Fenway, uh, we went up there. I was actually trying to line it up for Roger Clemens' 300th win. Uh, mm-hmm. Me and my friends were tracking it, and we it was going to line up where he was going to get 300 in Boston, but he lost his prior start, so we obviously still had the tickets. Um, oh. And we went to Fenway. He actually oh, won and got 299 there. Um, but cool. we went. I did not wear any Yankee uh, paraphernalia. I think I wore a Yankee shirt under another shirt just so I had something going in there. <laughs> but um, I just knew don't go to another stadium and wear the opposing team because you are opening yourself up to a fight or abuse or getting your hat lit on fire. <laughs> yeah. I had it. So first of all, that's an amazing story. And <laughs> my, my mind immediately went to, oh God, I, I hope there are photos of this somewhere. Oh, um, that, yeah. that would I wish. Be- such a great photo. I wish. Um, and that, you know, that's, we were talking about the culture of the Yankees. That, to me, like, that's, I, I think sometimes that's, and, and I know this isn't for everybody, um, but I think sometimes that's one of the things that baseball's missing um, as far as, like, fan engagement is, like, if you look at the culture around, the fan culture around soccer. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, that, and it gets taken to extremes. I'm, right. I'm not condemning right. that, but. Really, there are a lot of ways for people to to engage with the team and um, 
the experience and the culture around that just allows for it. And I think that, you know, when not pushed too far and Hey, if you wear an A's hat into the, the <laughs> stadium, like, I think you just know what you're signing up for. Like, as long as it's, you know, if nobody's violent or hateful, like that's uh, yeah. kind of comes yeah. with the territory. But like, I, I think that that's one of the missing ingredients um, is like that, you know, a, a culture at a, at a baseball game. I, I understand sometimes I go to a game and I just want to like sit in nosebleeds and, and like put my feet up and not talk to anybody, you know, yeah. like sometimes I yeah. do want to watch a game like that. Yeah. But most of the time, like, you know, if it's Yankee Stadium, like, I want to be in the bleachers. Like, that's, that's the culture of baseball. And that's what I, you know, I'm, I'm, you mentioned earlier where you don't really, like, follow strictly, like, the league or, you know, it's like the Yankees. And that's right. what you have time right. for. I'm, I'm very similar in that. And, like, I, I really enjoy the culture around baseball um, right. more than I do, like, keeping up with stats on a daily or mm-hmm. or something like that. And right. I just, I think, like, I think it's unfortunate it's cool like that's like I said I'd love to hear those stories for hours I'm, you know you grew up going to Yankee Stadium for years and I can't imagine how much it's changed from then to now you yeah know, I yeah obviously I didn't get exposed to that the way you did so I even see the bleachers now and I'm like man that's that is wild like there's some stuff <laughs> yeah um, yeah but I love to like hear the the uh, list of stories you have from out there <laughs> yeah that we'll we'll do that on we'll do that on part two we'll get into yes. more of um, oh man all right well keith again thanks so much really appreciate your time this was awesome i really could talk baseball with you for for days and days and days um fantastic we will definitely get part two on uh on the books at some point and uh Anything you want to leave us on besides go follow at it's the grit on Instagram. Cause it's awesome. <laughs> well, yeah. Thanks so much, Greg. Thanks for, for having me on. First of all, this is uh, for a, a Friday morning when I've been locked in the house for two months and we've all been locked in the house for two months. <laughs> like, this is, this is the perfect way to, to get through that. So thank you so much. And, you know, thank you for doing what you do. I, I enjoy listening to the, the podcast and, a lot of the guests you have on have some really cool insight. Um, so thanks so much. I'd, I'd love to do this again. Um, and hopefully, you know, one of these days, if you're in New York, we'll go to a game and, and grab a beer at Stands. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. Absolutely. That would be yeah, awesome. I'd love that. Um, yeah, uh, follow. Please go follow It's the Grit. Um, come say hi. One of my favorite things there is, you know, I think that's how you and I started a conversation. Yeah. Just, yeah. Like, it's become a, a hub for conversation um, amongst baseball fans. And that's, that's really cool to me. Um, yeah. Come, come say hello, please. Yeah, absolutely. All right, Keith, it's been awesome. Really appreciate it. And we will keep looking at, we'll be keep, we will keep looking for all those awesome gritty pictures you put up there. <laughs> uh, cool. Likewise, right. and, and thanks so much for having me, Greg. I really appreciate absolutely. it. Absolutely. Thanks for your time. Talk to All you right. Soon. Take, Take care. care. Bye. Bye-bye.